This is Jordan Wright with the Right Way Team, representing Malibu, California, and you're listening to the Real Talk Podcast. And we're here today in Undisclosed Location in San Diego, California. I'm here with my friend, industry colleague, Jordan Wright. Jordan is a third generation real estate agent based out of Malibu, California. With multiple degrees in film, international relations, and French, speaks multiple languages. His diverse background in marketing and customer relations are what sellers are seeking for in this high level, ultra competitive market of Malibu, California. Like many of the agents that I love at Compass, Jordan is not just a big real estate guy or big real estate nerd. He's a dedicated big wave surfer with his passions taking him all over the world to chase the big waves. He's also a big time snowboarder, spear fisherman, yogi, and an overall outdoor enthusiast. So we're going to talk a little bit about Malibu. We're going to talk about his life. We're going to talk about business. Uh, but before, I want to say that Jordan and I actually met outside of Compass in a Tom Ferry conference. Okay. Tom Ferry, for those that are not listening, is uh, we're not in the industry, is a, is a coaching community of, of real estate agents and basically a bunch of real estate brokers in the in the nation that want to better their business. So he was a superstar agent at the coaching uh, seminar. There was probably three or 2,000 people in the room and and Jordan was uh, a spotlight. He was famous for uh, closing deals on uh, door knocking and he was explaining that to the audience. So we're gonna talk a little about door knocking. It's something that's very unfamiliar or non-existent in our market in New York City. We're talking about door knocking, and we're also going to talk about his incredible story of his career thus far. So please follow Jordan on Instagram at the Right Way Team. The Right Way spelled with a W. The Right Way Team on Instagram. <laughs> so Jordan, welcome. Thank you. So happy to be here. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. No, I'm I'm really appreciative of your time. I know you're busy. We're here in beautiful San Diego, which yeah. is probably not as beautiful as Malibu, from your opinion. You know, San Diego actually has. So, so they say it has the best weather in California because it's the farthest south, you mm -hmm. know. And so, you know, in the winter, even down here, like it doesn't rain nearly as much as where we live up north. Um, it's warm, but it's kind of funny because we're going to get some rain this week. Is that right? Supposedly. It was actually supposed to be a downpour, but now that's kind of backed off. So it'll it, we might get some sprinkles. Oh, interesting. Of course. Everyone, right? New Yorkers bring know, the rain everywhere. Freaks out in San Diego apparently when it rains. So Classic. Even worse than L.A. But, Classic. Well, hopefully the weather holds up for our, for our yeah. sake. But in any event, before we get started, I wanted to jump into a section that we liked called One Word Answers. So sure. please, I'm going to give you a couple words, phrases, and maybe you can give me your immediate thoughts on it in one word. If you want to go All two right. or three, that's fine. I can do one word. Okay, cool. First question is Malibu Waterfront Homes. Diverse. Door knocking. Lucrative. Tom Ferry. Firing. Real estate property insurance. Expensive. Real estate taxes. Unavoidable. Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and social media overall. Vexing for me. Vexing. <laughs> Malibu zoning laws. Labyrinthian. Affordable housing. Scarce. Malibu construction costs. Skyrocketing. Multifamily housing. Opportunity. Condominiums. Rare. And real estate reality television. Phony. So on the last part, on real estate reality television, Jordan, and you can speak more than one sentence now, one word now. <laughs> the, the, I feel like, and from a New Yorker, I feel like a lot of the, the television series are kind of centered in California. Yeah. 
the lifestyles are just much more glamorous. The properties are way more glamorous sure. in New York City. How much of it is phony? Do you know the characters? And you're a major player in Malibu. I'm sure there are TV shows or some of the sets are yeah, based, um, based in your area. I know some of the people who have been on the shows. Um, some are cooler than others. <laughs> um, I feel like it's all kind of sensationalized, though, because that's what people want to see. And that's mm -hmm. what people are so used to seeing in our, you know, in our, not even just in our industry, but in society in general. It's like sensationalized things are what get eyeballs on them in a yeah. lot of ways, you know? And so, I don't know. I've heard from people who've been on the shows that, yeah, a ton of it's scripted. Sure, there's plenty of drama in drama, real estate, sure. but it's not 100 you know, percent of the time. And I feel like they just kind of play up the worst parts of real estate and also make it seem like it's much easier than it is too okay. in other ways, you know, so. And a big tie into that is also social media because I feel like the clips are also portrayed on mm -hmm. social media, right? Yep. And so and, and it amplifies our industry in that way to the audience. You said Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram was vexing. Can you go, can you go into yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, so I'm a fairly private person. I have a hard time sharing too much of myself online. And so it's always kind of a, I, obviously it's a thing you're supposed sure. to do as agents, right? <laughs> and so for me, it's always been kind of, you know, what should I post? And But more so like finding the time to. I, I've found something difficult. I A lot of agents that I see like, kind of everything they do is social media and and it seems like that's their whole business and uh i've always sort of admired that to a certain degree because i don't know that i could ever figure that out where still giving time to all the other things i do and then having that much time to create this whole you know um very outward facing persona and creating content constantly mm -hmm. um so it's been difficult for me definitely something i want to improve you know but um but hats off to the agents that, that pull it off and that, you know, make it work for them. Yeah, I think a lot of businesses yeah. are, a lot of, not just real estate agents, but business owners, professional athletes, they're all, it's kind of a love-hate relationship, yeah. right? Some people overshare, some people say the wrong, one wrong thing, yeah. or some people just don't get any engagements at all, gets frustrated. and It's, it's a whole, uh, I guess, in, industry of just complexities that uh, different people have relationships with. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Short form answers. Let's get the audience to know you a little bit. You know, where are you originally from? Let's talk about where you currently live and what brought you to you know, who you are today professionally. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, I grew up in Topanga Canyon, which is basically like the it's a little town um, just south southeast of Malibu. It's basically Malibu's next door neighbor, mm -hmm. um, kind of up in the hills, off the beach, a couple miles. Um, it's also one of the main markets I work as well. Um, we're the top agents in Topanga. Um, so that was my hometown, grew up in LA, you know, all, all over the West side, and then um, moved to San Francisco for about a decade, went to college up there, lived in Europe for a year in France, hence my French degree. Mm -hmm. um, went to, moved to Northern California out of high school to chase surf, it was kind of like I only applied to colleges that had good waves. Mm -hmm. um, and so yeah, lived in San Francisco, that's when I really got into big wave surfing, surfing Mavericks, a whole bunch, which is like the, you know, the very well-known big wave spot up there, about half hour south of San Francisco. Yep. Um, moved back to LA in 2012, um, was start was kind of working in media, you know, sort of jack of all trades, you know, film industry, marketing, event production, you know, kind of all those sort of different, um, but similar industries and just kind of got, was getting burned out with it 
And, um, you know, it's, I mean, if you're trying to work in the film industry in LA, it's like super long hours. There's a lot of, you know, people that aren't that great to be with for 14 hours a day. And, um, you know, the pay is not that great when you start for a long time, you mm -hmm. kind of have to work your way up and yeah. it takes years. And it's sort of either, um, it was either doing that and working my way up in the studio or, you know, having my own work speak for itself enough to bring success, like as a, you know, as an artist, right, or as a filmmaker or something. And that was never there because even though I liked it, it wasn't like, I wasn't all in on it, you know, mm -hmm. it wasn't, it was like, I'd, I would rather go surf than work on a movie, you know? And so, <laughs> yeah. so it was kind of like, um, was at this point and didn't really know what I was going to do and was kind of over it. And my mom was working in real estate. She had, um, so my grandma was a real estate agent when I was growing up, actually on my dad's side. Yeah. And then my mom worked as an agent when I was a little kid. And then um, she became a mortgage broker for like 20 something years. And then when the mortgage meltdown happened, she got, became going, went back as an agent. And um, she was kind of like, Hey, you should get your real estate license. Like you, be good at it and you you know you have a lot of skills that would transfer and I was kind of seeing what she was doing and was like well that's cool you know and be my own boss and be able to surf and you know whatever have the lifestyle and so um so I started you know went down that road started getting my license and I uh, got a job as a assistant for some Sotheby's agents in Malibu who um, I was introduced to through my uncle who had been their painter and so mm. he knew them and so that was kind of how I got my foot in the door. Um, so I started as an assistant right as like a month or two before I was getting my license. Did the assistant gig for about six months, realized that I did not want to be an assistant um, <laughs> and I didn't want to work with those agents either, but I wanted to be an agent, right? So um, got my license, uh, hung my license at Sotheby's, kind of I was able to get in there because I had been the assistant, so it actually worked out because otherwise they wouldn't have taken me on as a new licensee. Mm -hmm. And then um, teamed up with a really cool agent at Sotheby's uh, named Shen Schultz, who was, was and still is the top Sotheby's agent in Malibu. And um, he was kind of my mentor. And, you know, we started doing deals together and, you know, got some really good success very quickly on, um, I think, my second year in the business, I sold Pink's house, which was like a $12 million deal. Um, super cool. And very awesome. Yeah. And so that was kind of, you know, how I got into the Malibu real estate. And then um, in early 2017, started was headhunted by a couple other companies. And I had actually met previously with Compass all the way back in like 2016. Um, they had been headhunting Shen, my mentor. And so we had a one-on-one -on -one with Refkin um, in like, you know, the little Malibu office that they were starting way back. And I was really impressed by Compass and by Robert, you know, at the time I was like, that, that sounds really cool. So really inspiring. And, and so it always kind of was in the back of my mind. And so um, fast forward, you know, a year and a half later, some other company started headhunting me and I was kind of like, well, let me see what, you know, I'm happy at Sotheby's, yeah. but let me see what else is going on. Look around and, so I met with a few other companies and then I told my mom, cause I'd always been um, telling her like, come work with me at Sotheby's. Um, cause she was working in Topanga and I did, I wanted Malibu. Yeah. I didn't want to be in Topanga at that yeah. point. And so um, we, along with these other companies, we met with Compass again and it was like, okay, yeah, this is the one, you know? And so I jumped ship from Sotheby's. My mom jumped ship from her, the boutique firm she was at. 
and we teamed up and started our team. And that was, you know, going on, you know, seven years early next spring will be seven years at Compass and just kind of have built on it since then. And, you know, our, our, our own careers and team and market share and all of that is, has skyrocketed in the same way that Compasses has, you know, nationwide. And so it's been really cool to be a part of that, you know, from pretty early on, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, not you're quite as the, long as you, but, you right. know. Right, yeah, you were one of the, the first. Yeah, uh, we were founding Malibu Agent yeah, and, Malibu. and, you know, definitely, I mean, I think we were one of the first 1,500 agents mm -hmm. company, you know. Mm -hmm. Sure. What, cool. uh, Pink was actually, you talked about Pink, it's funny, I, I don't really follow pop culture that much, but Pink was on recently, 60 Minutes, and the, the did you see this one, Danielle? Yeah, it was cool. She has like a working ranch yeah. that she currently lives yeah, in that was with her kids. And and the, did you see what she was doing? Like the like the exercises and had the reporter stand on her stomach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we... Uh, she's, she's like a ranch girl. Yeah, I know. That's what she... She sold her house in Malibu. Um, I had repped the buyer on it. And then, yeah, she moved out to some big ranch. Yeah, yeah. really cool. Yeah, really cool. What, what's your favorite city outside of Malibu or city or state outside of Malibu? Um... So like city, just for city's sake, I would say I really like New Orleans. Um, oh, yeah. It's kind of like a weird mix of, I don't know. It reminds me of San Francisco and it reminds me of Las Vegas in very different ways. Mm. <laughs> like this is kind of like the city never sleeps vibe, yeah. mm -hmm. but funky and multicultural like San Francisco is, but totally its own thing too. Yeah. Um, my grandparents live there. They've lived there for like 40 years. Oh, cool. So I've been going there since I was like a kid, you know, visiting cool. them. And so it's always fun. There's family and, you know, music and the food and all that. Um, but generally, most of my like traveling is always going to be based on following surf or snow. Yeah. So like pretty much anywhere on the West Coast is going to be somewhere I'm happy to be if there's, you know, good waves or good snow. So, you know, I go to Mammoth a lot. I go to... Um, Tahoe, you know, when I lived in San Francisco, I'd go to Tahoe all the time. Yeah, yeah. So I love Tahoe, love Mammoth, um, love San Francisco. Um, outside of California, um, Oregon is pretty high on my list. My brother lives up there, uh -huh. and it's just like so peaceful. And every time I go up there, I'm like, God, I want like I could live here. I want to move up here, but then it's like, no, I can't because there's nothing here. It's just like the middle of no, you know, That's he doesn't right. live in the city. He lives out in the boonies. Right. And it's for, just like, for what you do, what you am I going to do here? Yeah, exactly. You need civilization. <laughs> you need people, you know? So, okay. Who in your opinion is the goat of Malibu real estate? And this can be anyone, right? You does, it doesn't have to be agents. It can be builders. It could be your favorite yeah, contractor. No, it's, it's pretty much, there's really only one. If you ask anyone, uh, he's a compass agent. His name's Chris Cortazzo. Oh yeah. Um, great he's the chiropractor. He was, uh, yeah, yeah, he started off yeah, some like chiropractor or massage therapist or something. That's yeah. Right. yeah, um, his dad was a fireman, I believe, mm -hmm. growing up. Um, similar as me, my dad was a police officer growing up. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, definitely to go to Malibu. Um, I mean, great guy, you know, he's 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 a compass agent now. Um, he's been at Compass for a couple of years. It was kind of funny because before he came to Compass, he had been at Coldwell Banker for a long time and he was, um, our, our manager, Jay Rubenstein, was the Coldwell Banker manager for a long time. Oh, cool. And then he left and, you know, made the Compass office in Malibu and had wanted Chris to come for a long time and was finally able to convince him. But um, 
they had worked together for a long time. But so before Chris came, I had the highest compass sale ever in Malibu. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as Chris came, he like blew it out of the water like two weeks later with like some $45 million off market sale. It but, takes uh, time to be the goat. But, but yeah. yeah, he's, you know, really, really nice guy. Um, definitely industry leader. I mean, I think in 2021, he did over a billion, 1.1 billion in sales. Like he's just, probably number one. He's in number compass. one in the world in yeah. a lot of ways. Probably number one in compass. Definitely has been number one in the world. But, you know, market share and sales aside, like, he's a really cool guy. Like, I've done multiple deals with him. He's nice. He's, you know, you, and that's not something that you always see for someone who has a super dominant market share in real estate. You know, sometimes you'll get people with a big ego and they're, or they're, they're just a pain in the ass to work with. Right. And they're just, you know, they, they think that because they're a big shot that they can be unpleasant to other people. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's something that um, I really admire about Chris is that he, he there's none of that. He's, like, a He's like the nicest guy ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. Cool. Uh, w- give us your current favorite place to go in Malibu. Restaurant, establishment. <sighs> favorite place to go in Malibu. Um, so I like going to Malibu Country Mart which is like basically like it's the center of town on the eastern side because you kind of have there's sort of like a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. like you can you know there's shops there's restaurants there's juice bars there's like um you're close to the beach so you can kind of like sort of pick what you want to do you know um malibu is very spread out you know it's like 27 miles of coastline and so there's a there's like there's really only a couple little centers where there's more than like, you know, a thin little strip of, of anything going on. Yeah. So um, Malibu Country Mart, you know, some of my favorites there, John's Garden, Little Cafe. It's been there for a really long time. Uh, you can't go wrong with um, Sun Life. You know, that's like the juice bar and wellness bar. Um, totally California. You know, <laughs> so your, California. Your, your smoothie and your wheatgrass, you know. <laughs> Talking about um, Yeah. They probably don't have wheatgrass in New York, you know. No, no we, but I'm sure um, we have something like that. I don't really go to juice bars, but um, but yeah, <laughs> you know, the, and then there's there's just there's a bunch of good restaurants there, kind of just depending on what you feel like. Okay, you know? good. Is Nobu Malibu worth the hype? <laughs> uh, it's Nobu, like the hardest place so to get into, right? It's it's hard to get into, um, especially if you're in a you know big group. Um, it's definitely an experience. I mean, the food is good. It's not like the best food in the world, mm. but the food's good. And the setting is beautiful and it's, you know, you're on the water, the waves kind of come up right up to, you know, basically the, the patio. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's definitely people where it's like a scene and, you know, be seen and see people place. Um, if you're in Malibu, I think it's worth the hype and worth the experience to okay. do. You All know, right, good. you can go out there, you know. Good. Love Definitely Nobu. for a special occasion or something, I, you know. I, I've seen it on TV and it seems like it's kind of a spot to go. Yeah. And uh, from my friends, from what I've heard, it's very hard to get in. Mm-hmm. So, need it to is. know if it was worth the hype. It is. Maybe, maybe, maybe I will go one day. But So, let's switch gears. We're going to pivot and go into deep dive questions. You know, we want to get to know your business, your how you got here. But... Also, you know, you are a third generation real estate agent in your family. You wanted to go into Hollywood, like you said, so you wanted to do something different, but you pivoted back. Do you think real estate was just always in your blood? And do you, do you feel like there's also something else out there for you? Or now this is, you know, this, is where, um, this is it for you? There's, it's a good question. So I didn't know too much about real estate when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Like 
I didn't know a ton of really what my grandma did. You know, she was a top agent in Topanga in like the 80s and early 90s and um, had her own brokerage. And I kind of like had some understanding of it, but not really. It's like, oh, you sell houses. Like what is kind of an abstract idea when you're a kid. But, um, I know. <laughs> you know, learn about it more, you know, when my mom was a, a loan, a mortgage broker. Um, but I honestly did, it wasn't in the cards. Like I didn't ever, I wasn't planning on it, yeah. you know. Um, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a lawyer for a long time because I was like, as a kid, I, I mean, my mom will tell you stories all about it, but I was always negotiating, like whatever, whether it was negotiating with my parents on something or trying or to get that extra cookie kind of, or something. Know, um, my my bro or whatever, or go to the concert or rave as a thirteen year old or just whatever it was. I was like, you know, using every angle and negotiating, and so I kind of wanted to be a lawyer for a long time, and then um, figured out that yeah, I didn't want to go to law school and like do be in school that long. So segue into real estate, it kind of worked because I had all these, you know, like media skills and, and sort of marketing ideas and, and, you know, from working in the film and event industries. And then I had these sort of negotiation skills that are just kind of a part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of, it's like being able to play out that childhood dream of being a lawyer, but in a way more fun way. Because I feel like real estate agents have a lot more fun than lawyers do, you know. Mm -hmm. I think we like do. kind of a drag. We talked know? to our good friend Andrew George about that, but yes, that's right. Well, and, and see, as a California agent too, like we get to do a lot of the shit that the lawyers do mm -hmm. in New York. Oh, that's, that's right. part of real estate, you which know. You guys, so, you guys get to do the contracts. Yeah, we do the contracts and then, which isn't the fun part, but the all the negotiating like that's all us escrow just does what we kind of tell them to do mm -hmm. you know but sure. we, but everything is between the agents so um i think yeah i think it, it you know that worked um it also helps that you're not a shy person you're people person yeah you can yeah. go up which leads me to the next question is door knocking us i feel like that's a uh it's, a, it's almost criminal to do that in New York City, but yeah. the door knocking, well, well, give, me, give me the story of, you know, your door knocking uh, claim to fame. Sure, sure. And, yeah, no, uh, no. And, and what, what the process is like that. So it's, um, so what happened with, with door knocking and that whole, you know, Tom Perry story was um, I had, and I think the biggest caveat here is I wasn't just door knocking out of the blue. I had a buyer who I knew wanted this very certain area yeah. and it's a very exclusive stretch of beach, Malibu Colony Beach. It's one of the, you know, the hardest beaches to get a house and, you know, one of the most valuable beaches in the whole nation, right? Oh, who lives and, there? And Any, anyone in particular? I mean, a lot of people. I don't know. It's I, I like it better than what they call Billionaire Beach, which is Carbon Beach. But I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio has a house there. Um, God, who else? Uh I don't know. There's a bunch of NBA players. I mean, you know, it's a who's who beach for mm -hmm. sure. Okay. Um, and I had a buyer who wanted a house there and there wasn't really anything on the market. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to go find something. Like, we're not just going to wait, you know, like you're ready to go. And so I basically was just like created a marketing plan of like, let's go do some outreach, find you a house, you know? And so I, wrote a letter, mailed it to every home on the beach, you know, hey, I have a buyer, you know, I'm not fishing for a listing. I have a well-qualified, legitimate, ready buyer who wants this beach, mm -hmm. you know, and is ready to buy your house maybe, right? Um, mailed a letter, called every house, you know, left a phone, left a voicemail, whatever, talked to people. And then third step was the door knocking. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, 
I mean, door knocking is intimidating because, I mean, it can be because, yeah, you, you're, you know, you don't know who's going to answer the door. You don't know what door. kind of mood they're going to they be in. Might like, have a what, gun. You know, anything, right? Anything's <laughs> These days. And, and I don't think it's something that most people do in Malibu either on the, at, you know, well, first of all, to fifty million dollar homes. Aren't these like gated? How they are. Get, so you buzz the gate. You bu it, yeah. So it's easier, right? Because you're get, you're getting a voice through the gate. You know. So, oh, um, gotcha. So it was like, and then they like let like gate opens and sometimes, get, or it's just usually no. Usually it's just like talk through the through the mic. You know. So, <laughs> um, so that's what I did, and and um, you know, and I would leave if I didn't reach anyone, I would leave a little business card saying one of my business cards with, you know, I may have a buyer for your home written on it, call me. And it was just kind of, you know, so I got a couple people that answered their, you know, their intercom. And this one lady was like, Oh yeah. You know, I, I got, you sent a letter also, right? It's like, yeah. Good. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I got your letter <laughs> and I got your voicemail and yeah, actually I'm going to be selling my house soon next year. And I was like, all right, mm. you know, and so um, I, so that was kind of the start of it of getting my foot in the door. And so, then, I'm sorry, go back. Uh, did you, did she, did you meet her like in person? No, first so time first it was, back? it was, so I, so no, I, I pressed her button yeah. and she answered and on the intercom and we talked through the intercom yes. and then it was like, okay, let's, you know, talk more later kind of thing. Like okay. it, but it was, that was the start of it. And then I was able to set up a showing for my client get him in he liked the house he wanted it and yeah long story short we were able to, to put a deal together okay. and you know close on a 19 million dollar beach house yeah so it was fantastic. it was uh it was and everyone was happy you know my my client was happy he loved the house i think the listing you know, she that was, was about to list it was probably not happy well no so it's it, <laughs> they still they still she had a financial advisor who was like in her ear of like you have to use my friend as your agent oh, you know boy. yeah and so the agent was still on the other side, but oh, the, okay, the listing yeah. side. So I repped the buyer, but um, it was like, here you go, guys. Like, here's your deal. Like, sure. these houses aren't always easy to sell. You no. know, the Malibu market, I mean, you'll see houses sit on the market for years sometimes. I'm sure. You know? At that because, price point, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's because it's, it's, there's only They're so not many half people. A million dollar you know? homes. Yeah. yeah, there's only so many people in the world that can buy those, you know, right. at any given time. Yeah, so. 100%. The, the interesting stories of door knocking, I'm sure. Some of them, I'm sure you you have some experiences, right? I mean, people come out, yeah, swing in, or they I mean, come out without clothes on, or I don't know. What, what have you I seen think, any experiences there? Um, I haven't had any super bad experiences. Okay, I mean, usually the worst is like, go away. You know, uh -huh. it's like okay, yeah. whatever. That happens every day in real estate, you know, course, in some yeah. form or another. Sure. Um, I think the biggest thing with door knocking is like, you know, it's a value you could bring to to a buyer because you're like, hey, like. You know, especially with all the stuff going on with buyer's agent commission right now and, you know, all these things mm -hmm. in the news. It's sure. like, that's something like you can bring, and it's not just door knocking. It could be anything, but like doing things for your buyer where you're like, hey, I'm going to go and work hard. for. And we're not just going to wait, right, until a house that you like comes on the market. I'm going to go find it for you yep. and look for it. Yep. And so door knocking is a way you can do that, you know. But I, so I think having the buyer first is is important because, you know, especially Malibu, like, it's like people will cut through the bullcrap really quick of like, hey, you know, why are you knocking on my door? Like, I'm not selling my house. Like, like, go away. Like, eat, like, this isn't a go, potential listing, you know, yeah, and it's clocks, like, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're powerful, rich people, very busy. And like, you don't want to waste people's time, you know. So it's like if you have a client 
for something, then yeah, go door knock, call There's people, no like do you know, do whatever you can 100%. do because um, yeah, you don't you you miss out on everything that you don't go for, you know. You had recently over a hundred people at your open house in New York City. That's unfathomable. First of all, <laughs> the doorman will probably kick everybody out. Yeah, but right. but yeah, we don't what, have doorman. What, what's the yeah. what's the concept of of your strategy and how do you even get a hundred people through the door? Yeah, so. Um, the open houses have been a really big part of our business, um, and it really kind of ties into when we first, when me and my mom first teamed up, it was basically, um, we were kind of starting from scratch from a market share standpoint, and we were kind of like, because, you know, I was leaving, you know, top Sotheby's agent in Malibu, she was leaving a team where she was kind of like a junior agent on a team, not junior agent, but she wasn't like the team leader, um, and you know, we didn't have any listings and we were like, we wanted to start a business in Topanga, which is our hometown because we know a lot of people there. And and so it was like, well, where do we start? And so basically what we did was, you know, with all everything Compass provides and the marketing and everything, it was like, okay, whatever listing we get, like, let's leverage the hell out of it and let's go above and beyond in our process and our marketing and everything because our seller is going to be happy. It's going to, you know, guarantee we sell the house. And we're going to leverage it and meet more people and people are going to be because people aren't doing this. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, and you saw that during COVID a lot, too, where during COVID, it was like there was a lot of agents that really shouldn't be in the business. And they were selling houses because the houses were selling themselves. Sure. You know, you didn't have Open the to door. do anything. Right. Yeah. Open the door and that was it. You know, and and you'll get multiple offers. And and that was even all through COVID. That's we never changed how we approached it, which was like go all out on marketing and you know we're gonna get does that you know we're, we know we're gonna sell the house but if we go all in on marketing we're gonna sell the house for more right maybe sure. we get five offers instead yeah. of two sure. right maybe we that adds an extra 50k or 100k to our sellers proceeds right they're happy and then how many more people did we meet so like our typical process to get those kind of numbers at an open house um you know we'll is proper prep on the properties to making sure, you know, I really don't like to bring properties to the market unless they're really ready, staged, prepped, compass concierge, sure. you know, whatever. Um, I don't just like list one and throw it up. We'll, we'll throw it up on private exclusives first while we're prepping it, but it's like taking the time. My mom is super hands-on with that. We'll walk through a property, make a list of everything that we see that could add value. You know, sometimes the sellers are like, so this is everything wrong with our house. We're like, yes, exactly. You know? No, but, um, and so proper prep, um, you know, proper pricing. I, you know, in the same way that I negotiate really hard f for my clients, uh, I negotiate really hard with my clients yeah. and, and I'm not afraid to tell them something that they don't want to hear. Be, you know, I don't bullshit. I don't, you know, beat around the bush. It's like, Hey, these are the facts. This is the data. Like I'm very much a data oriented person. Like you cannot ignore the numbers. And you know, if your results, these are the results you want. Okay. Then we have to price here to mm -hmm. get those results, you yeah. know? And so proper pricing. Um, and then the marketing, we basically do a combination of, you know, old school and new school. So you got the proper prep, you got the proper price. Now our part, the marketing, right? So, you know, photo, video shoots, all of that. Once we have all of our assets, you know, we're typically doing a whole bunch of print ads. So like for a Topanga house, we're going, you know, full page ad in the local Topanga paper, full page ad in the LA Times, latimes.com website. Um, 
the biggest kind of secret weapon is we mail a postcard inviting every single home in the neighborhood. So in Topanga, that's like 2,000 plus homes to a catered launch party, right? We, which is, you know, food, wine, beer, whatever, you know, we'll do a theme usually. Um, and the reason that we do that is, well, A, it's more people in the door. The buyers who are coming to that open house, right? So, so when we launch the property, it's like we'll launch coming soon on a Friday, MLS on a Monday. That whole first week, we don't show the property. Mm-hmm. We get our calls from the agents, buyers, hey, you know, super great price property, want to get in immediately. No, sorry, we can't show to the open house. Come to the open house on Sunday. Meanwhile, we've got all this marketing that's pushing everything to this open house launch party. The print ads, you know, digital ads, social media, targeted paid social media, right? It doesn't just go on my Instagram. We're doing ad, running ads, all of that. Um, and then, you know, whatever else for that specific property. And then with the postcard, now we have all these potential new seller clients showing up, seeing how do we do things, wanting to come in the door, you know, and, and it's a sellers are sometimes buyers for a property. Sometimes they have friends or family that want to move into that area. Um, so it's kind of this like, you know, multi-front approach and the buyers who saw the open house on Zillow or on Compass or from their agent or whatever, right? Their mindset is I'm a buyer. Buyers go to open houses. Everybody here must be a buyer, right? This must be a hot listing. I got to get my offer in, right? And so it's this confirmation of value, right? Where the buyers who are there are like, oh my God, I've never seen this many people at an open house. This must be the one, right? right, right. And because And they don't know half the people... Maybe not half, but like a bunch of people came because they're locals and they got our postcard or they come to every open house because they like our, to see us and our food. And right? oh, they like so, the free food. Yeah, like your lunch. it's like you feed people <laughs> and give them free drinks and food. They will show up, you know, <laughs> and so it's a lot more investment. It's we spend it. way more money than than we would have to of to course. sell the house. But, you know, we get multiple offers you on almost every listing. All the sellers in and, the neighborhood. And we get a massive amount of business from it too, because we yeah. mean, and because the sellers are like, "Well, no one else does this." Like, when I sell, I'm going to call you guys, you know. And I mean, we've had, you know, many deals happen from meeting sellers who come to our open house, and that's our soft listing appointment. God, I wish I sold in the house, suburbs. You know? We could be doing this super open houses ourselves, you know. Got to be but hard and high. I, mean, I would have you, know? you, you know, we would get the kegs, and I'd carry the keg, and you carry the cake, and we just do the whole thing. Yeah. This is a pretty cool idea. It, it, I mean, it really works. You know, it works for our sellers. It works for us. And, and it's a block party. You know, it's a yeah, basically. Question you know. though, you know, if I was a seller and I, I had a, a big home, not in New York, but if we had a big home somewhere, like sure. I don't know if I want a hundred people in the apartment. In the well, house. it depends on the property. So, so occasionally we'll have sellers. Like if we have a seller who's still living there. Um, and it's like very much their house. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. like another story. We don't always do it. Yeah. You know, most of the homes that we bring on the market, we're able to, you know, this we're able to figure out something with the seller where they're able to be emptied, staged, you know, sure. prep for the market. Sure. So yeah, that definitely can change the calculus. So <laughs> okay. if, if it's like, you know, hey, this is my house, and you know, like when we have like super big high end listings in Malibu, we don't do that. You know, yeah. as much as I would love to there too, it's like yeah, you you know, you can't you at can't. a certain level you yeah know. it's but but for your sort of you know meat and potatoes you know one to five mil homes like you know it's pretty, pretty cool much, idea we do that on every listing it's you know cool we we had one yesterday at a, a listing in the palisades for 
4.5, super cool mid-century house. And yeah, we had like 150 plus people there. So a good reason why you had to skip our fishing trip. Yeah. That's a valid yeah. reason, yeah. a very yeah. valid reason. Yeah. You know, when you um, said, when you told me open house, I'm like, well, we do open houses every week. Like, what, what are you talking about? It's like, well, yeah. yeah, have well, something to do it. <laughs> and it's in a new market too. Yeah. So it was like, and totally. I mean, yeah, we probably had, you know, at least 40 people, 40 potential sellers. I mean, sure. someday yeah, sellers yeah, show up course. and see us and, you know, get the face to face and, and we got another one next weekend, another listing that hits today for $8 million, So that'll be a really cool one. And are you doing a, basically a partnership with your mom on your team? Or do you have other people on your team as well? That Yeah, so in? me and my mom are the team leaders. And then we've got um, six other agents that work on the team with us. Um, some of them, uh, like my buddy Wilk, who will be at the retreat here, um, great friend of mine since high school or even before high school, middle school. He's been on the team for a couple of years. He's got a lot of experience, a lot of deals under his belt. Um, and then I've got other people on the team who are much newer um, to real estate. And so, yeah, we're, we're, we've, got a, we've got a nice little team going. Yeah, and they yeah. help out at the, at the launch party. Yeah, yeah, of course. You, have to. I mean, you, can't, like, you can't handle 100 people no, by yourself. No, not at all. Nor would I want to. I don't even have... It's like I, I primarily work as a listing agent, you uh -huh. know? And so all the buyers that come to those, it's like, that's for the team, yeah, you know, like it. make your connections, get your got clients. What you know. Malibu just seems so, you know, I, when I was an immigrant child from Japan, I, for one of the first TV shows I remember seeing in the nineties was Baywatch. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that was based in, in the beach of Malibu. Palisades, I mean, actually, how, but yeah, but right, it was, it's right there. But it was, it, that lifestyle to me was always interesting, right? Just the really gorgeous people, very, very wealthy homes, mm -hmm. nice community. Is it possible to be a first-time homebuyer in Malibu? And if so, like, what advices can you give to those people, at least especially going into 2024, Sure, right? yeah. It, it, so it is. You know, people are sometimes surprised by it. I remember when I first got into real estate and, and I was working at Sotheby's and, yeah. you know, I'd have friends like, oh, you work in Malibu at Sotheby's. Oh, so, like, you only sell mansions. And I'm like, nah, man, like, I'll help you lease a place. Like, what do you, you know, like, like I can do anything, you know? <laughs> And uh, like, you want a little one bedroom apartment? Like, let me know, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it's funny because I actually did like 50 leases my first year in real estate. That Good was job. like my bread and butter. And since then, I have done, I have not done like nearly that many ever in uh -huh. any other year, you know? Uh -huh. But it was like, um, but so you can be a first time buyer in Malibu. It's, it's a very diverse market. You know, you've got, you know, the image of Malibu, the, you know, worldwide you know well-known image is this like yeah the richest people in the world live there and these you know beyonce and jay-z 200 million dollar home and like all these you know things and and that's true that all is there but then there's also everything else you know and so um i remember there was a year where a buddy of mine him and his wife um were you know they good friend of mine good surf buddy they we had been looking for a house for a while and um under a million and this house popped up in Malibu. This was probably like three years ago, maybe, and had multiple offers, and we were able to get them in and win and multiples, and he got the house, and it was the cheapest single-family house sold that year in all of Malibu. And oh, I think, yeah. It, it was like 850 I cool. think. And it's like this super cool. It's got an ocean view. It's up in the wow. hills, like tiny little house. It had been owned by the, the prior owners for like 50 years or something. Yeah, needs a lot of work. And uh, yeah, needed work, small, but you know, great, beautiful under setting. And it's great. under a million doesn't exist anymore for a single family. I mean, that yeah. was a couple, that was pre-COVID, you okay. know, so it was actually more like four years ago. Sure. Um, but, but there's also condos. You can get condos for 
five, six hundred thousand even in Malibu, mm -hmm. you know, okay. close to the beach. So the sure. one bedroom condos. So it, it's all there. Um, you know, there's mobile homes, there's mobile home parks, there's condos, there's, um, you know, single family homes in the low, you know, one four range, you know. So um, there are just a surprising number of first time buyers who are able to get a piece of Malibu real mm -hmm. estate, you know. When, when you prepare these buyers, whether it's at the 1 million range or, you know, the 10 million range, let's go into 2024. You know, what do you want to tell them to, to prepare themselves when they expect, when what they should expect going into your market? Sure. So it, the buyer profile definitely makes a big difference in kind of the, the discussions I'm having with sure. clients, right? So a first time home buyer right now, what I'm telling people is, look, you buy a house when you can, when you're able to. If you can buy a house right now, then it is the best time to buy. Right. Because there's so many benefits to home ownership and timing the market and timing interest rates like that's for seasoned investors who are buying and selling real estate all the time and have done it for a while. Right. You can't time the market as a first time buyer. Like if you're able to buy a house, go find it and buy one. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I and that's sort of what I've always told my clients. And and if more of them had listened to me and bought the houses before COVID, they would have been really stoked than, sure. you know, waiting until COVID and of course lower rates, but they lost out on a dozen houses, you know, because they're competition. So I think right now with the rates high, if you can buy a house right now, go do it because you're likely to get a better deal than when the rates drop. When the rates drop, the market's going to go crazy sure. again, you know, yeah, um, for a higher end buyer, it's kind of a different conversation. It's like, Hey, market's slow right now. If you're, willing and able like go be kind of cutthroat and like find your find a deal and, like let's all right you want a 10 million dollar house let's go look at the 10 million dollar house and let's write an offer for seven on it wow. and see what happens Interesting. you know and, and flex, flex off, huh? on the start there sure. you know sure. it, you're not going to get it for 30 off but you might get it for 20 off sure you know wow. and, and so um because there's there's a good amount of inventory depending on the price range and there's houses just set, sitting, you know? Right. And, and so it's like, if you're a buyer, go for it, you know? Go see what, how bad these sellers really wanna sell, you know, at, at a high, if you're a high-end buyer. For, for our wealthy markets in Manhattan, a lot of the sellers don't need to sell. I'm sure that's the same in Malibu too, right? So when you come yeah. in and with that type of mentality and you coach these buyers up like, oh, I could get 20% off, is that really realistic, you think? It depends. Um, it depends on the price point and it depends if you're off market or on market, plus, right? Yeah. So there's a massive amount of inventory in Malibu that's off market where mm -hmm. it's like sellers who don't know, don't have to sell, don't even want to necessarily unless it's for the right price. Sure. And those houses, you know, with the right connections, you can get into those houses and show them. And, you know, we've been able to get some, do some really good off market sales. Like we sold one earlier this year for 8 million off market, but it was full price, oh, you yeah. know? Because so right. when it's off market, it's like, you, you, you know, you're getting the exclusivity of getting in, but you're not going to get a big discount sure. probably, you know, it's, yeah. it's going to be about yeah, they're not if it's rush. the right house for you and, and it's the right number for the seller, you know, very different for the homes that have been on the market for a long time. Right. Sure. You, if you, if you track the inventory in Malibu or in most of the high end areas in LA, You'll see the houses that have been sitting, they've relisted, they've lowered their price, they've lowered their price, they've lowered their price, yeah, right? Yeah. And those are the ones a little blood that in the water. you can go and, and really kind of get a deal on. So that's kind of what I tell my clients is like, look, 
if you can't find what you like on the market, okay, we can look at off-market stuff, but the off-market stuff will not be as good of a deal. It's not, you know, yeah, yeah. It might and and that might be okay. That might not matter because maybe it's the right house for you. Yes. You know, and it, the deal doesn't matter. You know, sure. so it just depends on the buyer. Um, but on market, that's where you're going to find the deals. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know you're a busy guy, and we have a, a huge week ahead, so I'm not going to keep you too long. But I do have one more uh, question for you. Just what was what were as we wrap up 2023? You know, give us one win that you had, and maybe even a one uh, an L that you took. Yeah. Um, let's see. It could be personal or business. So, a uh, business wise, um, some wins we had. I think. Um, couple deals we got pretty lucky on mm-hmm. you know where it was just kind like of a hail mary was, deal almost yeah hail mary deals or or even like that one i was just talking about that off market where it was mm-hmm. like that deal shouldn't have happened in the sense of what they were looking for shouldn't have like didn't really exist okay. what the buyers wanted okay. and then all of a sudden it did off market you mm-hmm. know and they were writing an offer on something for three million that like they didn't love but it would work kind of and then we found this off market and it was so funny because we came into the office so during covid like so many others i stopped going to the office very much i it also doesn't help that i live a ways from my office you know so like <laughs> yeah. i don't yeah. go there super regularly you're in the malibu office with a surfboard uh-huh. yeah we're in the malibu office yeah, but like where i live is, cool. is in ventura county so it's actually a ways north of mm-hmm. malibu mm-hmm. So unless I really have a reason to go into the office, I'm not going super, super often. Um, but Robert Refkin was coming in for an office meeting. Oh, cool. And so, you know, our managers rallied the troops and everyone came, you know, see Show face. it's always nice. And um, so I was in the office that day for the meeting with Robert and this other agent. And, you know, part of his whole you know speech that day was like, come back to the offices. Like we need the culture. We need the in-person. Right. And so right after the office meeting, this agent comes over to our, um, our office and is like, pops her head in like, Hey, I wanted to tell you guys about this off market. I have like that starts explaining it. And I was just kind of like, and it wasn't on private exclusives yet or anything yeah. like, and, and I was just like, wow, I think I have someone for that. Like that sounds perfect for these buyers that we've been working with. And so you know, set up the showing and it was like, you know, our manager hadn't even seen the house yet. Chris Cortazo, she'd invited him to preview it. He hadn't been in yet. Uh-huh. It was too busy. He probably had like a dozen people yeah. for it. Had yeah. he been I'm in. sure. I'm sure. And we got in and, and it was like, wrote the offer that night, full price, like whatever the sellers awesome. wanted and like wow. got it in. And like, you know, I think the house could have sold for more on the open market. Maybe, you know, that's a whole nother discussion, but like, buyers were super stoked. I feel like that was that was probably one of the biggest wins we had um you know just for a very specific mm-hmm. thing um and then also just been really working to kind of make a higher price point more consistent and mm-hmm. so have some have had some good um things happen on that front uh Wilk on my team um who will be at the retreat um he got a so we do Zillow leads also and it's like you know deal with the devil but yeah. <laughs> they work for our market. I sure. mean, so we have, a, you know, just like two examples. We had um, those buyers were Zillow lead uh-huh. and we sold them an $8 million house. And now the open house that I had yesterday was their listing for four and a half. That'll probably sell for five. Right. So nice. it's like, you know, 13 million in sales from one Zillow lead. Sure. My team member, Wilk, um, he got a Zillow lead on a $1 million property in Topanga. 
Well, it turns out they have a $10 million, eight, $10 million house to sell and he sold them a $4 million house as buyer, right? So he closed that. And then the one we're bringing on today that'll have our launch party next week is, uh, is 8 million launching in the Palisades as well. And so, you know, consistent higher price point and also new market, right? Cause we don't really tap the Palisades too much, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So those are big wins. Um, losses. Um, you just give us one. I would say, uh, yeah, okay, huge one. So, um, <laughs> it, and it's funny because like I've had there's a couple times like my team members had some some shit go down and like they have a loss and I'm like, you know, trying to console them through and I'm like, look, it happens. Like, this is part of the business, you know. So I had so that. Um, that deal that you talked about, the door knocking deal sure. with Tom Ferry, right? So that house, so my, I listed that house for sale uh-huh. a couple years after I sold it. Uh-huh. And we had it on the market for 28.5 million, biggest listing in my career. And um, last year I got an offer on it for 23 and Mike, we, we should have countered right away. And like, we should, we, we could have put course, it check the and my, my client didn't want to counter and was like, didn't, you didn't really want to sell, I guess. I don't know. But long story short, didn't put a deal together. Well, about six months after that, the house went into that. It's a whole long story, but the house went under conservatorship. Oh, and they wiped my listing off the face of the earth wow. because it's a court appointed conservator sure. and he's just like you know yeah you don't have a listing anymore like my friend has a listing oh. now you know who like keller williams agent that's never sold a house anywhere near the, the price point and so so i lost a 28 million dollar six percent commission listing mm-hmm. so that was a big loss mm-hmm. yeah that sucked yeah. but you know you just roll with it it's a, that's that's our business sure. you know you just because you have a listing it doesn't mean you have a sale this wasn't britney you know? this isn't britney spears your your buyer right because there's some news about conservatorship was, yeah, yeah no no but uh but it was so that one was that was a tough pill to wow. swallow but yeah. it was just like okay well you know gotta just keep Keep hammering, you know? you know, in your price point that you're working on, you know, when you're consistently trying to hit the 10 to 20 to 30 million dollar listings, it's uh, you're probably going to lose a couple 20 I mean, 30 I million. Lo- dollar I would listings. love to hit consistently hit them. That was the sad thing, is it, it's not consistent. I mean, I've never had that was the biggest listing yeah. I've ever had okay. for sure, well, you know, but, but yeah, that's the goal. Sure, the world those, works in know? mysterious ways, and I'm sure get some somehow those. something we will do happen have another and... one for 25, but it's off market though. But but uh, they don't really want to sell, so okay. kind of high at 25. <laughs> Good. But yeah, that one puts the other business losses into perspective sure. for sure. Yeah, uh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, like you said, you got to yeah. roll with the punches, right? Yeah, this you is do. Our, you know, this is our, our career, business, and you know? our career is very high stakes. And it is. sometimes and the rewards are great, but the bottoms can be deep. You, you yeah. just you take it all. You know, you take That's the right. good with the bad. That's right. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. My Coming pleasure. On the Real Talk podcast. Danielle, thank you for being a co-host. And uh, we will, be here. We're going to uh, have a really good week together. Super excited for this week. Yeah, I'm so stoked. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. My pleasure.